Listener-supported St. Gabriel Catholic Radio AM820 brings you The Seminarians, a dialogue with students from the Pontifical College Josephinum, produced by AM820 to encourage and inspire vocations to the religious life. And now, The Seminarians. Welcome to The Seminarian Show. I'm Gordon Mott from the Great Diocese of Columbus, Ohio. Joining me are Jonathan Torres from Charlotte, North Carolina, and Dalton Irvin from the heart of Texas. It's the heart of Texas, right, Victoria? Uh, armpit, heart, you know. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they're kind of close together. <laughs> um, let us pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Lord, we give you thanks for the opportunity to come today and uh, give witness to our faith. Um, let that witness be a vibrant one and allow us to be of, of some use during this next 20-some-odd minutes of radio time. We... Uh, we ask all this in the most holy and perfect name of your Son, uh, as we pray in the words that he taught us. Our Father, who art Lord. in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. I do love my diocese. There's no place else I want to be to study. I don't think it's the armpit. <laughs> yeah, but it's, so on it's the lovingly Gulf Coast. described as the armpit. <laughs> I mean, it's on the Gulf Coast. So, you know, Michigan shows you a hand. For Texas, maybe the Gulf it's Coast, like you can show an armpit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we get it. Metaphors. All disclaimer. Good. <laughs> disclaimer. Now that that's out of the way. See, that's the joy of my state looking like a heart on a map, because then I can say my state is the heart of the heart. So, or my, my diocese is the heart of the heart. Um, but anyway, so for today's show, I thought we could talk about faith, um, specifically what is it, you know, the impact in our lives. Um, I mean, so then we know that we've heard about faith, talked about a grace and you know, faith as a virtue. Is that really the same thing, you know, or, you know, because... I get those questions from time to time, like, well, no, faith, you know, gift, virtue, like, wait, what? You know, and so, you know, since it, it might be easier just to start with virtue, right? Because uh, Jonathan did a, a show about, you know, St. Thomas and the virtues a while back, right? Yeah. So um, maybe maybe Jonathan can, can talk about, like, the virtues, right? Like, yeah, sure. Well, I think it's really helpful to talk about faith first from a natural perspective, because... Ultimately, you can divide faith into two big categories, natural faith and the theological virtue of faith. Yeah. And I think when we talk about natural faith, we are talking about the faith that everybody has, even atheists, the most scientific uh, atheists of our day who would deny anything that's not material, live by faith. So when they... If I say there's a sandwich in the refrigerator in the next room, and I'm a trustworthy person, let's say you know me, you've known me for a couple months. So this is a theoretical. This is a theoretical. Okay. Don't don't go running off and getting a sandwich now, Dalton. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no. So if I tell you if there's a sandwich in the next room, um, and you go walking over to retrieve the sa- sandwich, you already have made an ascent of your mm-hmm. will, believing me that there's a sandwich, even though if your eyes has not have not seen the sandwich, right? Mm-hmm. So that's faith. That's just faith in that's general. That's natural, yeah. yeah. I've never been to China, but I believe exi- it exists. I go by faith, by what other people have told me, seeing maps on Wikipedia. <laughs> so that's natural faith. That's what we call faith. Faith, 
as a virtue is one of the three um uh one of the three theological virtues the first of the three faith hope and love faith being the first and it is an infused virtue we get these virtues at our baptism and it is it is loosely related to i think the the idea of natural of natural uh faith in the sense of you're still assenting your will your your will is assenting to a belief in something transcendent namely god mm-hmm. god himself it's a response ultimately it's a response to god loving us and whether or not we're going to believe and love him back um that's in a nutshell a nutshell i think you could say so did i did i pass my oral exam <laughs> dr gordon it's not, a, it's not an exam right like it's just just trying to pass it off the uh but yeah i mean like so and and i i really enjoyed your show about like you know saint thomas and the virtues right because the um a virtue is a thing that's practiced right mm-hmm. and like so then the more that you practice a thing you either get better at it and the less you practice it, you get worse at it mm-hmm. right so there like there's an extent to which you know and and that would probably fall into the the realm of like natural faith, right? Like is like to uh, to talk about you know this purely human faith is you know the more that we practice it, the more that we exercise it toward the object that we have faith in, right? And so now I'm going to put on my Jonathan Torres hat for a second and refer mm. to literature, right? Because there's this great quote about faith. The uh, well, the uh, from. Uh, uh, David Foster Wallace, um, who was actually going through RCIA shortly before he died. Um, but anyway, so he said, there's no such thing as not worshiping. I mean, and clearly this thing is like directed toward faith, right? He says, there's no such thing as not worshiping. Everybody worships. The only choice we get is what to worship, right? And so then he goes on, he says, you know, that pretty much anything that you worship other than God is going to eat you alive, Right. And so then if you put your faith in and money and things, uh, he says, if there we tap real meaning in life, then you'll never have enough and never feel like you have enough. You know, so it's it's just it's very interesting that not only, you know, is it a thing that has to be practiced in order to grow in it, um, but that you grow in the attachment to the thing that you exercise the faith in, you know, the uh, and if that's not toward God, then that can be a little bit of a black hole. I would say that it is really impossible for any man to live without faith. And if he tries, he will live a very frustrated life. What I like what, if you can go back to uh, take your mind back to first year theology with Father Murphy. Mm, yes. <laughs> um, Paul, is it Paul Tillich? Tillich, yeah. Says that faith is man's ultimate concern. Yeah, yeah. And I think that, that hits your point about mm-hmm. it's, you have faith in something. Yeah. You never have faith in nothing. Yeah, exactly. And I like how Benedict XVI, well, then uh, Ratzinger, in his introduction to Christianity, he talks about the man of faith may always be tempted with doubt. This Mm -hmm. is true. But the man who always doubts is always tempted with faith. Mm -hmm. And it's not an either or. Um, I think that's that's more of a, I think, a Protestant mindset that when you have faith, if you have faith, then you shut off all doubt out Mm -hmm. of your mind. Mm -hmm. But I think as Catholics, we are comfortable wrestling with this idea that not everything is apparent and uh, able to be known fully. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, and I think that was in the same class, I think. Mm-hmm. That it was, right there. Yeah, yeah. Because, you know, he shows us 
Tillich, Ultimate Concern, and then Introduction to Christianity, where faith is more of a a development and a growth. Yeah, and, yeah, and, yeah. The uh, well, and that's <laughs> it's it's very interesting because like you know, and that that's a theme that kind of plays out time and time again, you know, throughout history. So like Pope John Paul II's favorite uh, philosopher, Jacques Maritain. Mm-hmm. Uh, wrote a lot about this, like that there's no such th- thing as a person who even considers the subject and doesn't have some kind of faith. And, you know, when it came to, to atheism, right, it's like he said that there were three kinds of atheism. is the practical atheist, which is the Christian who doesn't live the Christian life. There's the atheist of no effort, which is literally just somebody that just kind of can't be bothered to think about anything. Mm-hmm. And so they just don't. And then uh, what he calls the absolute atheist, which is somebody that actually knows that God exists and wishes that he didn't. <laughs> uh, and that person is doomed to live this, you know, kind of profoundly unhappy existence because mm. it's kind of like trying to remove a scab and never letting it heal. Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, but, but very good. So then, uh, so then if we talk about like grace in a supernatural sense, right. Um, the, uh, you know, so you also have, or the, the grace of faith and you know, the supernatural faith um, is that it's kind of like a multi-part package that you get from God, right? Like, because first you have the grace to be able to accept God's free gift of faith, right? And then you make the human response and you say, oh, yes, please. I like this. Can I have mm-hmm. some more? And then God rewards it and you know, gives you some more. The, uh, and, you know, the um, faith as the grace given by God kind of works, you know, so that the human virtue, you know, we practice it, right? And the more that we practice, the better we get, you know, we increase in that virtue. And the grace, the free gift of God, the more we practice it, the more God gives. Mm-hmm. So like there's an advantage to practicing both. I was always edified by uh, Bishop Sheen, you know, who says that God's graces are granted in accord with how convinced we are that we exist in a state of dire need. Yeah. That if you're ambivalent about getting it, God will be ambivalent about, you know, mm-hmm. giving it. So... But are there any other senses that we can talk about faith, right? Like the, cause Pope Francis is fond of talking about it as a journey, right? Hmm. The, uh, or, you know, we can also talk about it, not necessarily in like the scientific term of dissection, right? But like we can also talk about it about almost like a world lens, right? Because doesn't faith, both in the human sense and in the supernatural sense, affect your lived experience? Yes. I would like to think of faith as the beginning of a relationship, I think. Oh, yeah. And not just the beginning, but I think the underlying foundation of a fa- uh, of a relationship as well. I think it was Bishop Barron who gave a great video on faith. If you haven't seen it, you should just look it up. Just look up Bishop Barron on faith. And it's about a 10-minute video. And he talks about how faith is never in conflict with reason. Mm-hmm. They're not... They're not butting heads against each and other. And they can't be. They can't be. And the best way to think about it is faith transcending reason. Mm-hmm. It's as if you have gone to the threshold of reason and then you're stepping off into the depths of faith. And he he cements this idea with the example of a man, of a man encountering a woman who he doesn't know anything about. He just sees her from a distance and he asks her friends about her. He maybe stalks her on Facebook. <laughs> he observes her. And he's able to gather a lot of data about her, mm-hmm. right? 
So he knows of her. Mm-hmm. He's doing all his rational things that he can to get to know her. Mm-hmm. But it's not until he speaks to her and she speaks to him that a true relationship can begin. Mm-hmm. And that's when you can know a person, not just know of a person, but you know a person. And the interesting thing there is when she speaks to him, he cannot put her words under a microscope. He cannot test it against the data that he found out about her. He has to take her word on faith. And so what she says to him, what she reveals in the depths of her heart to him, does not necessarily contradict everything he found out about her, right? Through reason, mm-hmm. it transcends it. It yeah. goes in along with it. So, And I think that's what, you know, people, when they're in the struggle of illness or tragedy, and when they say they're their faith has carried them through. Mm -hmm. That's what they mean, right? Is that not that because they have faith, they don't experience the heartache of someone being gone or they don't experience the darkness and fear of the uncertainty, uncertainty, but that because of this faith, this relationship with God, they're able to transcend that. They're experiencing it, but they know there's more. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly kind of what I wanted to to walk us towards this idea of like faith is like kind of a, a journey, a, a journey. Mm-hmm. but you I know. think, well, well, in addition to all that, just to cap off, I think father uh, Bishop Barron's point was that God is one of the deepest truths about God is that he is a person, right? He's personable. He mm-hmm. has spoken to us. Mm-hmm. He's not this abstract idea. And so if you are taking faith as a beginning of a relationship, then the ultimate expression of faith is responding to God who mm-hmm. speaks so he mm-hmm. speaks first, right? In his scriptures, in, in the scriptures, the first question to a fallen humanity is, Adam, where are you? Mm. He is the one seeking us. He's the one that is compelling us towards him. Oh, there's and money our, in that one. And our response, like yeah, our response is a response based in faith to a a personable God. And so that's, I think that's where faith finds its fullest expression. Okay, I'll step off the soapbox. <laughs> so. You're listening to The Seminarian Show on St. Gabriel Catholic Radio, AM 820. You can hear the show every Saturday at 1130 and Sunday at 1 p.m. and in the audio archives at stgabrielradio.com. I'm Gordon Mott from the Great Diocese of Columbus, Ohio. Joining me are Dalton Irvin from the Diocese of Victoria, Texas, and Jonathan Torres from the Diocese of Charlotte. So we were just having a... Kind of a lively discussion about faith as a journey before we had to hop off, right? And Dalton, you uh, you hit on something that I thought you know deserves kind of a little bit of expansion because you were talking about well, when somebody's going through like a, a trial or adversity, and they say, oh, you know, their 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 faith got them through, that it's not it's not just like oh, okay, well, you know, the faith canceled out the the adversity of the trial, right? Like. Mm-hmm. The, um, mm-hmm. um, well, and there's, so the, uh, so Pope Francis talked kind of about this, um, in 2013 and he said that journeying the faith of the life of faith is a journey, which is an art because if we're always in a hurry, we get tired and we don't arrive at our journey's goal. And if we stop, we don't go forward and we also miss the goal. Journeying is precisely the art of looking toward the horizon, thinking where I want to go but also enduring the fatigue of the journey. Um, you know, and so like, and that can be the trick with, you know, coming up with, with hardship, you know, or, or going through adversity, right. Is like part of 
the act of faith, growing in that relationship, like you were talking about, Jonathan, Mm -hmm. is not just saying, you know, okay, well, I have faith, and then pretending that all this stuff isn't happening, Mm -hmm. like you're going to be completely unaffected. You know, the saints were affected by the the struggles that they went through. The, um, but that faith sometimes can allow that relationship to grow by asking, you know, Lord, what are you trying to accomplish with this? You know, help me understand what's going on, Mm -hmm. right? And so then that's an exercise to kind of grow in that virtue, Yeah, I think. Yeah. So, I mean, what do you think, Dalton? Yes. <laughs> I think, yes. <laughs> I think, you know, when it comes to faith, um, I think people are afraid when doubts creep into their faith. Um, and I think, I feel, I've experienced that those doubts do not necessarily, do not necessarily, maybe they do, but not always, um, involve a loss of faith. You know, just because you have doubt doesn't mean you have less faith. Right, yeah. It could, in fact, mean, I think, that you have more faith because you're seeking the truth. You're seeking to know God more. In the face of doubt. You realize that there's something you don't know Mm -hmm. about this one who has loved you so much. Right. That a doubt creeps in. How can God love me this much? Yeah, And so the doubt itself does not negate faith. Um, and I think that's something that we fall into a lot is as a Christian people mm-hmm. is we think that doubt about what we believe necessarily includes a loss of faith in right. what you say you believe. Right. And I think we're talking about faith as a journey, um, faith in the face of adversity, death, sickness, and that's all well and good. But I think it's important to remember that faith in that sense, is the basis of love. Mm-hmm. And it's love that ultimately gets you through those things. Yeah. When someone is dying, very sick, suffered a loss or a death, the only thing that can pull them through to the other side is going to be their love of God, mm-hmm. which is a fruit of their faith, right? Mm-hmm. So I think it's, it's love ultimately that pulls people through. Faith is precedes love. That's why in the theological virtues we say faith, hope, and love, we like to, as philosophers and theologians, parse them out and <laughs> think about them. But really, I think they they're part together. of one yeah. package. They really are. Yeah. And so it's in love that you find the courage to face even death itself. Yeah. You know, the baptismal rite, um, especially for a child, after the profession of faith of the parents and godparents— the celebrant says, this is our faith. This is the faith of the church. You yeah. pres- professed it. That's always a very moving part to me. Um, mm-hmm. Because faith, while it is a personal deal, this ascent of the will, it's also a very communal thing. Um, I mean, that's why we mm. profess, profess our faith every um, Sunday. Yeah. And on special feasts. As MC of Terebius, you know when we do it, Jonathan. <laughs> yeah. Take out the but, mic to the priest, I understand. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but But while it is this personal... And also very um, singular ascent of the will. Mm-hmm. It's also communal, and it has to be communal. Yeah, because God did not. While He could have created just you, and while Christ maybe still would have died on the cross, yeah, for you if you're the only person in the world, it's not the reality. No, and I think that's a very good point. And I think it's when we assent to the truth of our faith and say this is our faith, we are all believing one thing together, and that's what unites us. And that's the beauty of it is, is that it is that uh, relationship of 
God to his people and his people to God. Mm-hmm. And we find our sense of purpose in this community of love mm-hmm. together, loving God. Yeah. So. And at, especially at the mass, when we say the creed, you know, yeah. I believe in one God. While we say I, and, you know, this very one person, mm-hmm. you know, first person, singular. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, we say it as one voice yeah. of the church. Right. The church is one voice, right. the mystical body of Christ. And communities are built up of individuals, mm-hmm. ultimately. Yeah, And yeah. it's that individual ascent that makes communities. I um, mean, yeah, not I'm not going total, you know— Libertarian on me. But But there is this membership in the mystical body of Christ that when you say you have faith, when you live out this faith, that does necessarily mean that you become a part of this mystical body. Yeah, right. Um, And then your voice is a part of that one voice. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. The, uh, well, and I mean, and the thing is, is that we were, we really were made for each other. You know, the, uh, the fact of the matter is, is that if you take a a human person and you uh, lock them up completely alone and isolated, they'll lose their mind. Mm -hmm. You know, the, uh, it's why a person can only be kept in solitary confinement for so long because they, they lose. We need each other. Sometimes I can only be around groups for so long. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's half and half, right? <laughs> the, uh, well, and so like, and so there's a lot of importance, I think, to this idea of faith is journey, too, because yeah. we are a pilgrim church. Mm-hmm. We are a church that is journeying and mm-hmm. engaged in that journey. And so... And Pope Francis is fond of talking about fellow travelers on the way that, you know, what we need are more fellow travelers on the way. Um, the uh, And in his meditations on the priesthood specifically, he kind of focuses on this and he says, not princes and little castles, but fellow travelers yeah. on the way. Little uh, Chaucer's Canterbury Tales there. You know? There you are. Oh, yeah. Listen to the knight's tale while you're journeying. <laughs> oh, my. <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> oh, my. <laughs> I'm a fan of the parson myself. Anyways, the... Uh, and I think one of the importances of this idea this, uh, of, you know, fellow travelers on the way is that faith, through making the act of faith, we kind of gain a, a bit of a different perspective. But it's, it's easy to get trapped in, in suffering, right? And then all you can see is your pain and the injustice of what's happening to you. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, that example of the the pilgrim church us kind of journeying together as the body of Christ you know necessarily means that you know when you're really allowing yourself to be integrated into that that whole of persons that you're going to be able to express that pain and a person's going to be able to help you through it yeah right the um i mean there's there's a lot of beauty in that um and David Foster Wallace kind of hints on that a little bit too. Is you know, he says I tend to be automatically sure of everything, of, of how everything in my own immediate experience supports my deep belief that I'm the absolute center of the universe, the realest and most vivid and important person in existence. You know, but it's, and we really think about that sort of basic self-centeredness because it's socially repulsive the idea of it. But it's pretty much the same for all of us. It's default setting hardwired into our brains at birth. You know, and Truth be told, there's no experience you've had that you aren't the center of. Like, I think, I feel, you know, the um, kind of in the midst of, you know, experiencing doubt or whatever, we can focus on that so much and hyper-focus, especially if we're doing it in isolation, Mm -hmm. that now it just becomes all about that kind of trap of, you know, my pain or my suffering. And it's like, well, 
you know, how can God sanctify this? And that's where we need these kind of holy examples, like that holy coworker of mine, you know, yeah. whose witness kind of brought me in the, um, so feel free to send her hate letters later. <laughs> but, uh, um, the, uh, but I think there's value too. also talking about, you know, I think if we're going to talk about faith as a journey, we also have to talk about this idea of lived faith versus spoken faith, right? Because it's like one thing to say, I believe, but I think it's another to live a life that gives a testimony that says, I believe. Right? Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, and so I like, uh, first John three eighteen, you know, and where he, he says, and I love the way he phrases this. He says, my little children love not in word or in tongue, but in deed and in truth. By this, we'll know that we're the truth and we'll convince our heart before him, right? Like that it's that loving in deed and in truth, not just by, you know, auditory witness. Mm -hmm. The, um, the, uh, so I guess, I don't know. Do you you have any thoughts about like people that you know that have this like lived kind of a vibrant faith, you know, that have inspired you personally or, you know, experiences that you've had with, you know, there's a, a gentleman that I met a few years back that, um, was dealing with a terrible medical condition and like had everything in the world to complain about. Always smiling, always happy, always thanking God because he always concentrated on the good. And mm-hmm. That's kind of what mm-hmm. got him through, right? The, um, I mean, what about you guys? You know, in what ways have you been edified by like this kind of lived vibrant faith, right? Like, yeah, I, I mean, I've been very blessed to grow up with a family of faith. My parents are very faithful. Most of their life. Um, they always have been, uh, they had a reversion in their faith, um, when I was about six years old or so. But besides that, I've been surrounded by people of great faith. And so that's really helped me to become who I am today. As Dalton was saying earlier, it's about, you know, that, um, communion. Mm -hmm. And so it's, yeah. Any final words, guys? I just want it to be known. I do love my diocese of Victoria. (laughs) It's the very best diocese. You're all welcome to come visit. Um, I would not ever call it the heart of Texas, for it is the soul. Oh, good redemption. That's beautiful, Dalton. The best. (laughs) Well, with that, we'll call it to a close. Thank you for joining us for today's Seminarian Show. You can hear this show every Saturday at 1130 and Sunday at 1 p.m. and in the audio archives at stgabrielradio.com. Let us pray. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord, we give you thanks for this opportunity to come together. Help us all to live anim- lives that are animated by the, uh, the the holy virtue of faith and by you know allowing us to, to receive more and to, to really grow in you know the grace of faith and we make it known that we desire to grow in this every day. Uh, we ask all this in your most holy and perfect name. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. 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 God love you all. The Seminarians is a production of listener-supported St. Gabriel Catholic Radio AM820. Archives of The Seminarians and all of our locally produced programs are available at stgabrielradio.com.